Everything we've covered so far dealt in a world of only one bank. And we all know that there are more than one banks in this world. So let's see what happens in that example. So I've drawn the balance sheets for three hypothetical uh, banks in a world where gold is the reserve currency. And let's see what happens in that world. So let me just show you all of the. So that's the first one, and then that's the last one. They all didn't fit on the screen. But just so you, you understand, and, and a bit of a review of what we covered in the last several videos, in these balance sheets, of course, the left side are the assets. The right-hand side, up until here, are the liabilities. So from here to here, that's liabilities. And what's left over is the equity. So in every, in every balance sheet, just to be consistent, I made this blue color is equal to the equity. Let me write that down. Equity. The blue color is the equity in every one of these banks. And just to be consistent, I made this little orange color the building, brown for building. And this yellow or this gold color, that's actually the gold reserves of that bank. And each of these lines, these divide the various other assets of the bank. In this case, they're just loans, maybe to different entrepreneurs. And then these green lines separate the different uh, demand deposits or checking accounts that are on with that bank. And then the green, this filled-in green, for example, in this in this middle bank, that shows its notes outstanding. Remember, there's two ways that you can essentially give someone um, kind of a, a an IOU from this bank. One is to say, oh, you have a checking account, and you can write checks against it. The other way is to issue this banknote, and someone can come back later with this banknote, and you should have to give them an equivalent amount of gold. So in this middle bank, this green area, that shows its banknotes outstanding. This purple area in this bank, that's its banknotes outstanding. And then down here, this off-white color is its banknotes outstanding. Fair enough. We've, we've created a world with three banks. Now, what is the problem here? Or, or are there any problems? Well, there, there, there are a couple that, that I see immediately. The first is, all of them might have different reserve ratios. I'm, I've, in the last video, I kind of talked about a world with regulation. But let's say in this, reg, in this world, since every bank is kind of a separate entrepreneur, maybe it was originally the goldsmiths, they all just made their own rule of thumb that if I have this amount of demand deposits, based on how my customers act or whatever, or based on my liabilities or, or however it works, I'm going to keep this amount of gold. So maybe this guy's reserve ratio, this guy's reserve ratio here, I don't know what the ratio of this this is, but maybe his reserve ratio is 8%. So for every 100 gold pieces of demand deposits and banknotes, he keeps 8 gold pieces on reserve. Maybe this guy is 10%. Looks a little bit better. Maybe this guy up here. Is keeping a 12% reserve ratio. So there's no consistent reserve ratio. So let me write that down. Reserve ratio. Reserve ratios inconsistent. Ratios not equal. And, and there's a couple of things that that might lead to. Maybe this guy right here, he was the first bank to start. Or maybe this guy. This guy had a 12% reserve ratio. And people really trusted it for a long time. Every time they deposited money and then they came back later, they were able to find it. He really lent money really well. So that there was never any scare on this bank. No one ever felt afraid to keep their deposit there. But as the banking business got more and more profitable, more and more risky people showed up. And this guy only has an 8% reserve ratio. And maybe one day, 9% of their checking accounts want their money back. And this guy's not good for it. This guy up here, the 12% guy, he knew that 9% could happen, that on, on any given day, 9% of your demand deposits might want their gold back. So that's why he kept a 12%. But this guy kept an 8% so he could get an extra interest on more loans. So one day, 
he can't give his gold back. And that scares everyone. So everyone comes and you have a run on this bank, but he's not the only bank. Everyone starts having less trust in the banking system as a whole, and so there are runs on all of these banks. And that that's unfortunate for two reasons. One, these guys were safe to begin with. They kept enough reserve ratio so that people could get their gold. And then the other sad thing about it is, if this guy you know, just needed another 1% I keep going off the video screen. If this guy just needed another 1% of of gold, he could have borrowed it from that top guy. And then you would have prevented this whole banking crisis. He could have borrowed it from either this guy or that guy. right? If this guy's gold gets depleted and more people still want money, this guy would clearly rather borrow it to lend the money to this guy as long as he's still solvent than have a, you know, a systemic uh, run on all banks. So. Bank one run bank. Let me write that down. So, bank runs. Bank runs affect everyone. So in this world that we're dealing with right now, just one weak link in the chain can break the whole chain. If you just have one irresponsible bank, it'll create a bank run on all of them. Even though some of the more some of the more um, capital rich banks could have lent to the other ones. And then finally, and I did this here, and this is a situation that we're not familiar with today. But it's a, it's a situation that's happened many times in history. It happened in, in the, the colonies before we had our independence, is that you had a bunch of different banks each issuing their own banknotes as a form of currency. So this one up here issues the purple bill. This bank here issues a green bill. And this bank here issues this off-white bill. Besides the confusion, you're always going to have all of these exchange rate differences, et cetera, et cetera. You don't know, you don't know ahead of time. You know this guy is the riskiest bank, so maybe his bills should be worth a little bit less than this guy up here. But you don't have, you. It really just becomes a big mess to the economy for someone in, you know, in a cash register to keep track of. In this case, I only have three banks, but imagine if all 13 colonies each had their own uh, banks that were each issuing their bank notes, and you always had to translate between them, and then one bank defaults and their notes are worth their bank notes are worth nothing and you have to worry about that so you have another problem inconsistent currency inconsistent paper currency inconsistent currency and i think you know where i'm going with this so what's a solution to all of this well what if there are a way one and I guess you could do this without any you know, extra institutions. You could just regulate reserve ratio. So that's easy to do. That's just government intervention to say, if you want to be a bank in our world, you have to keep at least 10% reserve ratios. But we have to think about who regulates that and who sets that reserve ratio. But we, it's fair enough that we need someone to regulate it. We don't need a separate institution. But how could we do this mechanism where we can prevent bank runs, especially when there's money to lend from one bank to the other? And if we could use a mechanism that prevents this and provides a consistent currency, then we're all set. Well, the only way you can provide a consistent currency is if you only had one bank issuing currency. So let's call that bank a reserve bank. Let me draw its balance sheet. Maybe I should just copy and paste one of these. Let me see what happens. There you go. So let's say I had I, these three banks get together, or all the banks in this world get together, and say, hey, let's start a new institution where we all keep our gold reserves there. So what happens is is this guy, this guy, this guy, they all keep their gold reserves at this central bank. So let's see, let me I have to put more gold reserves in this central bank. So let me draw it out. So this guy's gold reserves, then that this middle guy's gold reserves, and then this third guy's gold reserves. I'll go there. And now with these guys, instead of having gold reserves here, what do they have? 
They have checking accounts. They have checking accounts with the Reserve Bank. Let me write that down. So now these are these all become checking accounts with the Reserve Bank. I'll try to draw it right beside the gold, although it doesn't have to be. So that's a checking account with the Reserve Bank. That's a checking account with the Reserve Bank. And then that's a checking account with the Reserve Bank. And let me erase the top of that balance sheet just because I don't want it to get make things confusing. So that's the balance sheet that our Reserve Bank now has. Now what does this do? Well, it definitely solves that that bank run problem. Because now in this world, and of course we're regulating it now, and I, I kind of threw that out there because this guy will be the regulator. This central bank will be the regulator. But what you could say now is if for some reason, let's say 11% of these demand deposits come due, 11% of these people want their money all of a sudden, this guy, he just has to go to his reserve bank account, and he can borrow from one of the other players. The gold is all centrally in one place. Now the notes issue, how do, we, how do we solve that? Well, what if by you know, government law, from now on, only one bank can issue bank notes, and that's the central bank. So maybe this, let's say this middle guy, instead of having just a checking account, maybe he took half of it as a checking account, and half of his gold deposits, he gets in these bank notes of this reserve bank. So half, so now this, these turn into bank notes of the reserve bank. And these banknotes of the Reserve Bank are the only currency that's allowable. So we've already solved two problems. We've, called, we've solved an inconsistent currency. And now, now think about what starts to happen. The reserves of these banks no longer become, they no longer become gold. The reserves at the banks that people actually interact with now become these banknotes. The banknotes of this central Reserve Bank. Right? And this gold is just sitting in some you know, big vault someplace in, in this world right now. So let's just, let's just, I know it's a little bit disjointed. So reserve ratios. Now you have a central bank, central banking authority, where they all chipped in a little bit of money, created this big vault. And this central bank dictates reserve ratios. It prevents bank runs, because if, if for whatever reason, let's say on someday all of this bank's customers get scared and want their gold back, this bank can just go to its checking account and borrow gold from the other banks, and it'll get transferred to it. But if you think about it, in a world where people get used to enough of this one, of this one central bank note, then people probably won't even want that gold back. They'll probably start viewing this one currency as the equivalent of gold. So when people actually want their money back, they don't even have to give gold. They can just give banknotes. But there's this one consistent banknote now from this central reserve bank. Anyway, I think I said the word central and reserve too much. But I will see you in the next video. Hopefully it wasn't too complicated. And I think you see where this is going. We'll slowly extend this to getting off the gold standard and how this relates to the, the Federal Reserve or central banks as we know them today. See you soon.